Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 362 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on blog talk radio and I feel I feel the LA rain has brought on a Jesus song it's a happy day and I thank God for the weather (laughs) I've lost you already You've totally checked out, haven't you? (laughs) That was a song I grew up with. That All the Jesus songs I grew up with, they're so heavily embedded in my brain that I cannot escape them. They follow me around. It starts raining. That song starts playing in my head because rain is my very favorite weather, and you just missed it. It's been... I thought you'd be able to hear it on the podcast because it's been raining so loudly and heavily, which is awesome. All morning, it's what I woke up to. It's, what is it right now? 10.40 a.m. And it, and the last, it's last little hoorah was like so heavy duty. Like when it feels like there's a waterfall on your house. And I was like, oh, funny. They're totally going to hear that in the recording. And then I sat down to record and it stopped. So what is up with that? I do not know. (laughs) I have no idea. But that's not what we're going to talk about here today. Today we're going to talk about strive or do not. But either way, you got to chill. Chill. That's the secret sauce. (laughs) So that actually is because I've been thinking about my my little catchphrase for Kick-Ass Switch, creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. For those of you who only know the podcast, Hippie Witch, Hippie Witch is, is one of the things I do under the bigger umbrella known as Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic. And, and my kind of guiding light, it's more than a slogan. It's like a guiding light for me when I'm creating something or talking about something I will often ask myself, how is this going to help anyone create the kick-ass life of their dreams? And it gets me back on track pretty quick when I'm like, I just want to go off on this tangent about whatever. (laughs) So what is this whole business about creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? What does that even mean? The short answer is that it means different things to different people. And the most important answer is It means whatever it means to you. What does creating the kick-ass life of your dreams mean to you? What do you want? That's a much harder question for people to answer than you would think. And when I I think about that, because I do a lot of coaching calls, and it's fascinating how people either can't exactly pinpoint what they want or what they want changes from call to call. (laughs) It reminds me of this scene in one of the best movies ever, ever, ever. Flirting with Disaster is... You have to see it if you've never seen Flirting with Disaster. But there's 
this scene where Lily Tomlin and Alan Alda are a couple, and how do I explain this? Let's just cut to the chase. This cop is accidentally ODing on LSD, and he's freaking out, and Lily Tomlin is this hippie lady, and she comes over, and she's like, don't worry, I'm an excellent guide, and she starts guiding him, and she's like, okay, I want you to picture a dog, think of a dog, what kind of dog can you bring to mind, and he's like, okay, um, I forget what the dogs are, but he's like, a St. Bernard, and she's like, all right, picture the St. Bernard, he's like, no, 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 wait, wait, a beagle, and she's like, okay, all right, picture a beagle, and he's like, wait, no, a collie, and she like kind of grabs him and shakes him, and she's like, shut the fuck up, <laughs> Pick a dog, pick a dog, pick a dog, people. And we're swearing right off the bat. It, that's the rain. I feel so giddy when it's raining. We're we're already off track. We need to pick a dog, pick a dog. What are we talking about here today? <laughs> the problems people have sometimes in actually deciding what they want, which Another little aside is, I think, a big issue when it comes to the manifestation process. I think people change their minds so often. The universe is like, what do you want from me? I'm trying to give you what you want. But first, you're like, I want a St. Bernard. And then you're like, no, 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 I want a beagle. And they're like, wait, no, a collie. (laughs) Uh, So that's actually not what I'm talking about here today, but I'm just saying, what do you want? Do you know specifically, or is it something hard to put into words? And I'm talking about creating the cast life of your dreams. If I've gone so far off track that you can't even remember where we began, that's where we began. And for me, this idea of creating the cast life of your dreams is something of an obsession. I, I live, I live for living the dream. Those stories in the news and in books and movies and magazines of people who have like overcome great odds to live the life of their dreams. There's just something to that that I think captivates us all. I think we all love a story like that, which is why there are so many of them. But when it comes to creating the kick-ass life of your dreams, is there really a there there? Are we talking about achievement? In a way, I think, yeah, for some of us, achievement of a certain lifestyle or a desired state of being would, would be a good start. Have you ever thought in great detail about what the kick-ass life of your dreams would look like and and how it would feel on the daily. Maybe it, it looks and feels exactly like the life you're living right now. And if so, that's amazing. Or maybe it's some elusive idea of happiness that you've been chasing as far back as you can remember. Maybe it's an impossible ideal, so-called impossible. Uh, or a daily practice. For me, It's some combination of all these things depending on the day. And I think that unattainability, the unattainability of actually arriving at some final dream destination is the spark that keeps the dream alive. It's that tension and contrast that gives it shape and life. So maybe 
No, there is no there there, but it's sure as fun trying to get there anyway. <laughs> That's my motto <laughs> anyway. You, you might remember when I started saying here on the podcast that the journey is the creation instead of the journey is the destination. I had this big aha moment. I heard, I was listening to an Abraham Hicks video and... And Esther Hicks was just on a roll and talking and just in passing really quick. It wasn't the point of what she was saying. I don't even know if it was like a slip up in the moment, but she said, the journey is the creation. And I was like, huh! I, it, I heard it. I felt it. It grabbed me and it created this shift. And I was like, aha. And it's a small shift that made a big difference to me. Although I do still think that the journey is the destination is a lovely idea. But to say the journey is the creation, that's something else entirely, isn't it? It's claiming a sense of ownership over your own journey as a, as a daily creative act. And if you can come at it playfully with some chill, there's so much joy in that. And it's funny to me when people say, my dad is one of these people. I don't get it because he's so talented, but he's one of these people who says that they're not creative. It's so funny to me when people say they're not creative because that simply is not true. We are all innately creative beings. It's who we are. And we are each creating our lives by habit by choice, by attitude and deed every single day, even if you're not like creating a work of art on a piece of paper with a pen in your hand. Um, deliberate creation is a term I like a lot. Deliberate creation is about co-creating your life on purpose. It's making those daily choices of what to wear, what to eat, who to call, who to love, where to go, how to do your job, what goals to achieve from a very deliberate place. And those daily choices make a life, make a journey. So it is absolutely true that how we spend our day, all of the days of our lives, it's how we spend our lives. How you spend today is how you're spending your life. And it's thrilling to think that when we deliberately create this moment, this very moment that we're having right here, me and you, together, over the magical airwaves of a podcast, we are literally creating the story of our lives. In that way, from that perspective, your life becomes a work of magic. Your life becomes a work of art and your gift to the world. And that's why I love to say living your life on purpose as well, because the meaning in living your life on purpose, it's twofold. You're both doing it on purpose and defining your purpose as you go, your soul's purpose, purpose with a capital P. That's the beauty of free will. And I do believe that we have free will. Your purpose is not chosen for you. It is a choice that you make in the way you live your life. People get so hung up Two, this is another thing that I've learned from working with people one-on-one -on -one is that people get very, very hung up on finding their purpose. What is my soul's purpose? And they're, they're afraid to get it wrong. So they end up like stuck kind of in this stagnant place for a long time, years sometimes, because they don't know what their purpose is. 
And to me, that's a missed opportunity to live your purpose right now. You can take the trash out purposely, purposefully. And in that way, perhaps you become a steward of the environment. You can work behind the counter at Starbucks and serve a cup of coffee purposefully. And thus your purpose that day in that moment could be making people feel seen in the way you love to arrange the foam on the top of their latte in the shape of a heart and then hand it off to the stranger with a smile. Purpose is revealed when what you love and what you do come together. And you can learn to love the most basic things. I I feel like you can learn to love almost everything, almost anything. I'll throw the almost in there because I know there's people that are going (laughs) to write to me. Well, you can't love this and you can't love that. And how dare you say you can love all the things? It's funny when you make a statement. There are the people that are always listening for that point. What can I argue? (laughs) What can I argue about today? So we'll say almost. You can learn to love almost all the things. I do the dishes every night. I do not love doing the dishes, typically. It's not my favorite thing. I've mentioned it enough times on the podcast probably for you to know that. Here she's talking about doing the dishes. What's next? Scooping the cat litter? (laughs) Those are my two favorite examples, I think, to give. And being stuck in traffic. (laughs) I do not love doing the dishes unless I get into the mindset that I love having good food and a nice home. And my kid, I love that kid. And, and doing the dishes is in service to that love. It's love in action. And in that way, the doing becomes infused with purpose. And I believe I am living my soul's purpose in that moment. That's the beauty of being a creator. You are a creator. You are magic. And... Your life is an ongoing spell, an ever-evolving manifestation of the creativity that vibrates throughout every single cell of your being. I believe that. I really do. And as the mysterious, eternal, creative force so many call God flows through all things, you are not only an extension of that source energy, you have that same power to create. That's what free will has given you, the power of the gods to create or co-create, however you want to see it, with your thoughts and feelings, even before your actions. What are you creating when you're in line on a busy day at the grocery store with a cart filled to the brim with groceries, and you notice someone getting in line behind you holding one carton of milk and a loaf of bread? Do you think, nope? I was here first, sucker. (laughs) You can wait for my 100 things to be processed and then for me to dig around in my coin purse looking for the exact change. (laughs) There are those people. Or do you smile and say, oh, that's all you've got. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead of me. That's a creative moment. Whichever way you decide to go, you are creating an experience. Not just for you, but for that guy holding the carton of milk and the loaf of bread. And maybe for the people watching, you do that and being like, oh, that's so nice. I should do that more often. What are you creating when a friend hurts your feelings with a rude comment? Do you snap back with your own rude comment? Do you say nothing and quietly seethe or call your other friend to tell them what an asshole they are? (laughs) 
Or do you calmly say, hey, that actually hurt my feelings? I assure you all three of those reactions will create a different outcome. And you're making choices like that every day. You are creating your journey like that every day. And in that way, you are a magician. You are a creator. You are an artist. What are you creating when you raise your kids to think vegetables are a breakfast food? What are you creating when you put off getting new brake pads for your car until the sound of metal grinding on metal is extremely pronounced? What are you creating when you greet your spouse at the end of a long shift at work with a list of your day's most grievous grievances? Grievous. What a word. <laughs> grievous. What are you creating when you talk to your dog like he's a human being? What are you creating when you spray your sheets with lavender water or make pancakes for dinner? From the mundane to the extraordinary, every choice, including the choice of what to think and feel, is creative. Whether you make it deliberately or not, to label yourself a co-creator, a witch, a magician, a law of attraction practitioner, is it's to accept the challenge of making as many of those daily choices as you can with intention. Some days we do better at this than others, but it's a good intention to hold, right? <laughs> and my intention is to create my life with intention, to create the kick-ass life of my dreams. Just to stop every once in a while and ask, what am I creating by focusing on this thought? I love the idea that feeling is the first manifestation. The thought is casting your spell. For example, the thought that everyone only cares about themselves. And the feeling that then manifests from that is it's the first manifestation. It manifests as loneliness, feeling unsupported, unseen, unloved, which then goes on to create your experience from that perspective. You will behave from the perspective that everyone cares about themselves and I feel lonely because it's our nature to look for proof of our beliefs. Confirmation bias starts at home in your own mind. Everyone sucks. Therefore, see, that person sucks and that person sucks. And there's a person who really sucks and another and another and another. Sucky people abound. <laughs> Unless you have the wherewithal to question that thought with one simple question. Is it true? The moment you realize people sucks is creating for you the manifestation of a feeling that you don't enjoy, you get to choose again. And you can choose to change your, your experience of the people around you with a new thought. Like everyone is doing the best they can. I don't even know if that's the most empowering thought, but I know it's a much more empowering thought than everyone sucks. <laughs> if you can convince yourself to believe that new thought, a completely different feeling will manifest something softer, something more like compassion. Even begrudging patience is better than the feeling that a thought like everyone sucks will produce. And from there an entirely different experience will unfold. And in that way, you are creating your own journey, right? It's pretty basic, but also 
it's profound in practice. It's a, it's a practical daily approach to creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. You can reverse engineer your experience. How do I want to feel today and what thoughts will support that feeling? All you got to work with, too, is this present moment right here, right now. No matter how far into the future, let's say you're chipping away at a dream, all you have in terms of making that dream happen is this present moment. This day you're living right now is your life. This is it. And it's largely up to you how kick-ass it will be. For better or worse, this is the dream. It's, it's your living, waking dream. But, <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> what about all this other stuff, Joe? What about, you know, my next level desires and my most ambitious goals? What about the bigger dreams of my heart and striving for more? Dude, I am totally with you. I am all about that too. I'm all about it. It's, it's very zen and lovely and more than enough to simply exist within the parameters of your current circumstance mindfully and with an attitude of gratitude. Of course it is. There are whole, you know, philosophies and religions that teach that. It's a beautiful way to live. And I tip my hat to those gentle souls who are doing it. But it's not the only way to live a spiritually fulfilling life. Some of us enjoy pushing the limits. Some of us choose to strive. And, and striving can be beautiful too. If you know how to strive without driving yourself nuts. <laughs> if you come at this striving from a place of contentment, that's the big secret, to strive without angst. To strive because striving is a joy. We can be fully present to what is, and even in love with the life that we're currently living while still saying, oh, but wouldn't it be nice to move over there? Wouldn't it be amazing to create this new thing or to have that wild adventure? We can strive without suffering. I think this is an important distinction to make. I certainly know from experience that striving for a lot of us ends up being about suffering. Why do those people have what I want? Why can't I have what I want? I never get what I want. Oh, I'm such a victim. They only have that because of X, Y, Z, this privilege, that privilege, that bit of luck, you know, or they're beautiful or I'm not beautiful or whatever it is. You know, this is taking too long. I have to pay my bills. I don't get to pursue my dream because I have all these kids, all these mouths to feed, you know, striving for a lot of people equals suffering. And that's really what I wanted to talk about all this for. That's the whole reason in talking about this. We can strive towards something without making where we are now wrong. We can appreciate what we have and still want something else. Both can be true. And truly, it sounds hokey, but don't let the hokey fool you. The trick to pulling this off really is some combination of mindfulness and gratitude. There's a section in the Winter Solstice module that I wrote about the gratitude fairy and kind of personifying this idea of a gratitude fairy. People ask me if I believe in fairies. This is as close as I get. <laughs> the gratitude fairy. And... I, 
I, I really have received very little feedback on that section over the years, but it has always been one of my favorites. And I'm not going to go too deep into that here, except to just say that many people underestimate the magic of gratitude. It's not as sexy and mysterious and photogenic (laughs) as a magic spell with all the correspondence and the velvet and the smoke and the bones and the rocks. It's, It's invisible. It's a feeling. And it's extremely powerful. Prayers of thanks are powerful. A heart that is grateful attracts all kinds of mind-blowing miracles, not by way of manipulating or fooling the universe into giving you stuff. That doesn't work. True gratitude. (laughs) But by the space it opens up in your heart and mind. It's a space for receiving. And to strive in gratitude is to not only potentially get what you're striving for or something even better, it's to also enjoy the journey, to not suffer along your way. I, I have seen people who have, what is the, stroven, <laughs> strived? <laughs> What's the past tense of strive? I really like the idea of stroven. I'm definitely going to Google that. <laughs> I would like there to be the word stroven. People who have strived, I can see that they had so much willpower invested that they got to the top. But then what happens? You hear those stories of people getting to the top on pure willpower and drive and maybe trying to prove something to other people. And they get there and they feel so empty. And guess what they missed? All the years it took to get there, they missed enjoying themselves. They missed the magic of the journey. So... To strive without suffering in that way, if you're a striver, I don't, maybe we aren't all strivers, I am, but in that way, your journey becomes your greatest creation. And that might be the biggest lesson that I have learned this year, although I have learned many. (laughs) My word, this has been a, a big learning year for me. My word for 2018 is joy, joy, which promptly exposed all the details of my life that were not bringing me joy. Ha ha ha. (laughs) Good one, universe. You totally got me. (laughs) Uh, And I guess this manifested ultimately in me saying I'm going to have this tower moment on purpose, which I announced to everyone because I, I want people to know I like to take people on the journey with me and to know why I'm doing the things I'm doing, to share my fears. It's funny. I, I do that very purposefully. I, I will talk about fear and sharing my fears or talking about being unsure of something because I want people to see that that's part of the creation process sometimes. That's part of the journey. And then people get so concerned and they, they'll write their you know, write to you their solutions that they have for you. And I'm like, but I'm good with it. I'm doing this on purpose. I purposely am having this tower moment. I'm just sharing with you how it's going, how it feels. So I did that. Not So I, I, I had this tower moment, as I talked about, where I exploded all the structures of my business. I just let go of all the structures, all the, like the super tight schedule that I had. I just was like, I let it all go. That's not because I don't want to have structure in my business. It's not because I didn't intend to put new structures in place. 
It was because I was so enshrined in the current scheduling and structures that I had built up over time that I could no longer see the forest for the trees. I had lost perspective and joy, and I needed some distance to be able to get back in touch with the big picture, which is I am a person who lives for the dream, the big dreams. That's my forest. And I love to not only pursue my own, but to inspire other people to keep believing and going for theirs as well. That to me is the juice of life. It's what, it's what makes it exciting and filled with intrigue. So even as I shake things up with a structure or head in another direction with my biz, that's probably never going to change. It's the heart of Kick-Ass Witch because it's the heart of me and this is a personal brand. Creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Are you sick of hearing me say it yet? <laughs> I've been talking about this in more detail on Patreon a lot this year, but I want to keep you all in on the loop too. So I'm talking about it here as well sometimes. I What I needed and and I'm, and still working to create is uh, I needed to carve more time out for myself to pursue my more personal dreams and ambitions, my book publishing and screenwriting dreams. I've gotten to publish a self-publish a couple of ebooks through my business and that's awesome, but I also write fiction and which does not it's very magical and it definitely involves witches, but I I don't know that it's, you know, appropriate as part of Cake Ass Witch except to say like, hey, go along with me on this journey and watch someone try and fail and try and fail and hopefully succeed in creating the Cake Ass life of their dreams. Like that would be amazing. And I totally will take you all on that journey with me as as it gets going and I get back into it. But at the very beginning of the year, I noticed that I was going through the motions with all the usual Cake Ass Witch biz stuff. And doing so many coaching calls that a seed of resentment was starting to take root. Like here I was, hour after hour, every day, helping other people create the kick-ass life of their dreams, while mine were fading more and more into the background. And the writer and artist in me started freaking out, (laughs) like, what the hell? Are we ever going to get to do our thing again? So that inner voice was very, very loud. And I know from experience that resentment is a killer. Resentment kills dreams. Resentment kills relationships. And I certainly did not want to go there. So when I first noticed, like, we might be going there, I knew it was time to take action. I knew I had to do something about it right away. So what I did was I stepped back. I had that tower moment on purpose and let everything crumble. (laughs) All those structures Uh, So how funny is it that in the year of joy, I ended up working with the tower? And let me tell you, whether a tower moment strikes out of the blue, which is, I believe, the traditional meaning, or you choose to have one on purpose, it will not be neat and tidy. You aren't going to have control. Something takes over (laughs) and there will be chaos. But Because I did create that tower moment on purpose. And when I say tower, I'm talking metaphorically in tarot terms for those who are not familiar with tarot. And you're going, what is a tower moment? It is a Kali-esque tower card that kind of fucks up all your shit for the greater good. (laughs) 
So because I went there on purpose, I was able to ride out the chaos somewhat mindfully. That, that was the benefit of doing it on purpose. And I had this faith that when it was time to start rebuilding, I would know what to do. And I did. I did. And I was like, Patreon. I must go to Patreon. So I started three new tiers there in July, which amounts to at least four new pieces of content every month. And I have invested in that wholeheartedly and focused on getting a rhythm with that. I was not eager to be like, oh, no, let's put all the pieces back into place. There'll be a newsletter every Sunday and a video every Thursday and a podcast every Tuesday. Like I was like, ah, one thing at a time, one piece at a time. And Patreon is a big piece because it's like it's those three tiers. It's those four pieces of content every month. So. I just really invested in that. And to make a long story short, my goal now is to invest my love and energy so thoroughly into that platform that it becomes my primary source of income at some point, and I can step back from this dollars for hour loop that I have, I've gotten myself into with coaching, which I do love. Uh, I love to roll my sleeves up and really dig into making someone else's dream happen. But to make my own dream happen, so I knew something had to change. And I realized I can serve many, many more people that way if I move away from a one-on-one model and get back into working with groups. I can do the groups. I can do Patreon. I can do these group programs like Queen and or create something like Shadow Love, and it can serve many, 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 many people without taking up, you know, an hour a day in, and getting into that dollar for hour situation. So the one-on-one coaching is not going anywhere yet, but its days are numbered. So if you want to work with me in that way, 2019 is the year to do it, and I will keep you all posted periodically on where I am with this goal It's more than a dream. It's a goal. I'm going to make this happen. So I will keep touching base with you and being like, yay, this is where I'm at with it now. And that's where I'm at in terms of today's topic, right, of striving and but also being present, being fully present to and in love with where I am now, having gratitude for those clients and the opportunity to serve in that way. It's so much fun, and it's a huge honor that somebody would let you into their personal dream that way. It, it's, that's how I got into it, though. <laughs> that's, it was so fun, and I love helping people so much that I just kept taking on more and more and more and more and more, and I was like, hold it, hold it. <laughs> what have I done? Now there's, all the, now there's all these dreams, and mine is like sitting over in the corner having a temper tantrum. So now I realize I can do that. I can be very present because that's what's my reality right now. And I can have gratitude for it while striving to keep making more and more space for myself to write and create the projects of my dreams. And what's even better than that is I'm in a position to do that and fail, which is the most glorious kind of freedom as as an artsy person. I don't have all the pressure to sell that screenplay or that book series for such and such amount of dollars because I know I can pay my bills doing work that I love and that makes me feel useful. So that is the amazing thing about this biz is that it is 
It's a completely unexpected gift from the universe. I could have never dreamed this all up. Podcasting, what is that? Ask me what a podcast was 10 years ago, and I'd be like, huh? (laughs) What is that? It all happened so organically, and the whole thing feels very guided. And now that I have stepped back and I can see the forest for the trees, I'm like, what a gift. I... Like most people, still have to work to pay my bills, but I get to do it in the comfort of my own home, on my own schedule, doing something that I absolutely love, love, love with the most amazing people. And I have the enormous privilege of getting to help them create the kick-ass life of their dreams. It's so cool. And I get to strive without suffering, without living that starving artist victim archetype that shadowed me for so many years. It was like feast or famine. All of you who are artsy and have tried to make a living as a writer or painter or dancer, you probably know what I mean. So the internet is amazing. And just an aside before I go, I have to tell you, I was listening to Oprah There's this lady named Oprah. I don't know if you know her, Oprah Winfrey. She has a podcast. (laughs) And she, uh, I love this interview she did with Daniel Pink. I have one book of his, To Sell is Human, but apparently he's written many books since. And they were talking about two books of his. One was Drive, but the one that kind of pertains to what I'm talking right now that I'm interested in reading is A Whole New Mind, Why Right-Brainers Will Rule the Future. And I, and it's actually 2006, I want to say, that that book came out. I went and looked it up on Amazon, and I was like, yeah, I think we already are. We already are. We see all these vloggers and podcasters and creators, even people on Instagram, making a living being creative and inspiring other people, just making pretty things and and solving solutions for these big companies that used to be so left brain and everything was logical like that was rewarded throughout time maybe this is the first time in history that super super artsy creative spiritual free thinking kind of people all of a sudden the world has to take us seriously cuz we're kicking ass and it's so cool and exciting <laughs> and If you're still listening after all of this, I I hope you'll follow me over on YouTube this this December because I I am 90% decided, and in saying it publicly, that's going to push me over the top to the 100%, I think. I think I'm going to do Vlogmas this year in a very easy breezy way. I'm thinking of doing like a morning show. And and doing live streaming. Does live streaming count as vlogging? I don't know. I'm probably going to call it Vlogmas anyway. But that is a way for me to contribute and connect and give back to answer a bunch of questions that I get in my email inbox all the time that I don't always have time to answer and just to show up. And uh, I thought, oh, how fun would that be? A good challenge to get myself back into the swing of things to like kick the dust off and get back into the flow of making things for like 20 days maybe. It's intimidating. The the 90%, the maybe, me saying that is I've already done Vlogmas as a vlogger, Vlogmas, uh, and it's a lot of work. 
to not only shoot all the vlog footage, but to edit it. So that's why I'm like, but I feel like if I can just pop in for 15, maybe 30 minutes, who knows me, I have a hard time shutting up once I get going. It, it would be easy, be easy. Just sit there with a cup of coffee and we can hang out. So if, if, if you want to do that, follow me over on YouTube. I'm just Joanna DeVoe, pretty much everywhere you go. Uh, or if you're on my newsletter, I'll probably send out a little like, hey, this is happening. So heads up if you don't want to miss out on that. I hope this, I, I purposely ended with talking about myself because I didn't want this episode to be me, 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 me. I want to, I want to keep you up to date on my plans and what I'm doing, especially because 2018 is coming to a close, but I also want to serve. I wanted to, to hopefully make you think about your own life in an empowering way. Strive or do not, but either way, you got to chill. Enjoy the ride, my friends. Create the journey in the spirit of magic. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.